No is a complete sentence, and trusting your gut is not just some cliche. It's something that might save your life one day. So I want you to take off your shoes, get your glass of wine, have a seat, and get ready for the very first episode of Super Soul Sit Down. Tune into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Hey, what's going on, guys? And welcome to Super Soul Sit Down, where we are the after show for Oprah's Super Soul Connection podcast. Something new, something fresh that we're excited to bring to you. And we're talking about a few things here. We're talking about the gift of fear, never letting them take you to a second location, and molesters look like neighbors. So we have some really good stuff along. We want you guys to stick around to the end because we have some news and gossip and our special segment, Own Your Soul, where we give you personal tips and tools that you can take along your week to remember to feed yourself. This is soul food here. So before we jump into this party, I would love to introduce myself. I'm the very energetic and excited to always be here, Jamie Alexander, and my lovely, well-spoken, brilliant co-host, Haley J in the house. What's up, guys? I'm Haley J. Nice to see everyone on our first episode of Super Soul Sit Down. Yay! We're so excited about this. So why don't we just dive right in and talk about this amazing episode that really was about life lessons that will be lifesavers. This so, one was what do you think? Yeah. Overall, my first initial reaction was to be scared because as Oof. I'm thankful that I've not been in a situation like that personally, it is scary how easy it is to happen. And the big point was women want to be nice. We don't want to say no to people. I think the thing I've even asked myself when it's why do we feel the need to let someone in when we feel uncomfortable what is it about us that needs to just be so friendly and I think it's the fear of being wrong and then Mm. coming off as a bitch but when you think about the alternative I would much rather be wrong misjudge someone than not listen to my inner gut and wish I did so what did you think? Yeah, I absolutely. At first it threw me off because I was like, the gift of fear. Even Oprah said it's like gift and fear is something that you never put in one sentence because we're all trying to like be fearless and get rid of fear and all of these things. But when fear can be a gift to you, um, what I really liked about it is she talked about how um, it made me think we're the only species that feels danger that and pretty much me. walks right into that. it. Well, what's also confusing is we are in a time where they say face your fears. So I think it I think it depends. I I think right. we obviously have the emotion of fear because it is a signal. So I do believe we need to listen to that, but I really think it's situational. If it's a fear of facing something that's going to positively affect your life, then I think that's one thing. But if it's a fear of protecting yourself from danger, you have to listen to that. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this guy that she brought up that wrote a book about it, The Gift of Fear, his name is Gavin DeBeaker. You can, uh, it was a bestseller. So this is a book with a bunch of tools and tactics that could actually help save your life. And so we, when we think of the little whisper or listening to our gut or our intuition speaking, you guys know that feeling. It's that moment where you do, you really hear a little voice or your your tummy starts to feel a certain way or your hands start sweating or isn't it There's amazing moment, how your right? body will make physical warning signs to you yes. that something is not right here? Yes, absolutely. And how often do we follow it? So the first woman in one of the first stories who um, unfortunately went through rape, um, you know, was put, taking her groceries, dropped some groceries, and immediately she heard some guy behind her like, oh, I'll help you or I'll get that. And in that moment, she was like, ah! 
that voice I'm unsettled exactly she didn't like his voice and she allowed him to pick up the groceries then when he tried to grab her bag to help her with that she was hesitant to let that go and let him know like I'm good right even initially she resisted and then they said the moment she let go of the bag was the moment she then gave him trust can you believe that? Because, like, I can think of many times that that has happened in my life. Thankfully, it has been on less severe circumstances. But I think, what would I do in those shoes? Like, would I be naive? Would I be able to listen to those inner warning signs and bells and whistles? Or would I find myself in a fight or flight situation as well? That's the thing. It's scary because you can prepare all you want mentally, but you don't know what's going to happen until you're in that situation. And I think it's just putting yourself in situations that that's not going to happen to the best of your ability is one way to control that. For example, for me, I worked a job where I closed all by myself and I Uh. felt so uncomfortable every single time counting the drawer. Mm. I would just like look out the window the whole time. So I told myself, you know what? I don't feel comfortable in that situation. I did have a few people that did scare me, even taking out the trash of just random guys walking around, Mm -hmm. random women even, that anyone could attack me. What am I going to do? I have no means of protecting myself. I told myself I'm never going to put myself in a situation where I have to be the only person in the store where I couldn't have help if I needed it. So I feel like that's, that's a way you can at least, and don't, you know, basic knowledge of things, don't be walking Along and Oprah made a great point where it drives her crazy when she sees women that are jogging at night. It's sad that we can't just go out for exercise, but it's also the truth. It's also yeah. the world you're living in, and it's also at this point with that knowledge, your responsibility to not do that. Absolutely, and to add to that point about jogging, she was so right about when we wear our earphones. Mm -hmm. Because I know when I'm working out, music motivates me. But I think I've been conscious of not listening to my earphones, you know, walking around at night, and I always carry my mace in hand. Ladies, if you don't have mace, whether you live in the city or not, get your mace. Or sometimes I've even (laughs) felt, am I going to be a burden if I ask someone to walk me out? You know what? I'd rather annoy someone. I, right. And I'd, I'd rather wait. I'd rather get home an hour later. If I don't feel safe walking, yeah. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Because we, like you said, as much as we prepare our minds for something like that to try to protect ourselves, also when you're in a situation and you're kind of freaking out, you know, what do you do? I remember when we just had those earthquakes. We've gone over a million earthquake drills. We've been doing this since we were a kid. And there was a moment where the shaking didn't stop and stuff in my bathroom was rattling. And I called my dad and I was pacing back and forth in my house. my dad too. What is he going to do? I'm not from here though, so I really didn't know what I was supposed to do. But you're right. It's like you've been prepped with this knowledge. But when it happens, you need to be able to implement the knowledge. But in the stories where they're attacked from behind... That's even when I'm cleaning out my car. That's another thing that I never will clean my car at night because I always have a sense of right now I've got a loud vacuum going. My back is turned turned away from anyone behind me. So I'm at least going to go in a public setting during the day where I have the best chance of being protected. Yeah, because then I, my mind gets all, you know, scary movie, and it's like, oh, somebody can come up behind you, push you in the trunk, close it, and be gone. Like, right. there's just so many crazy things that could possibly and happen. It's that fine line where you don't want to be so paranoid. Correct. But at the same time, I would rather be aware and think that, because it can happen. It's not just, oh, it could. It, it absolutely is very possible. We're hearing stories all the time. Yeah. And I remember being out with friends of mine, and we, we were at a concert, and everyone had left, and we were just hanging around in this area. And I was with other girls. I wasn't alone, but there was a part of me that was like, I don't think we should be here. This is mm. not this is not safe. We're still a bunch of young girls. 
there's no one around and that voice spoke to me and what was weird is no one else seemed to feel that way but me and a lot of times I do feel like I'm the one that's more sketched out than anyone else's but I think like I said I would still rather be more aware of something that could happen rather than being like nothing will happen to me I'm fine right so let's break that down a little bit how do you navigate that when you are the person that's feeling it like do you feel the need to not say anything because you don't want to annoy your friends because you're always the one tripping do you feel like again back to that we feel like we need to be nice oh everyone's having a good time let me not be the one to rain on the parade how do you navigate that in that particular situation I did say something but I remember it took me a solid 15 minutes before I did I was Mm. still like should I I don't come off like I'm too paranoid because I I had that fear and even with my closest friends I didn't want to come off as annoying when they're just trying to have fun and hang out like relax you're fine like we're all together but you know even the power of four girls is not much if a guy's got a weapon and wants to hurt you right guy or girl anyone yeah Yeah, exactly Yeah, I absolutely agree there. And I like how they mentioned, um, so she said, the feeling you get is a warning sign, all else is explanation. And we were kind of talking about that, but I know men have this intuition too, and they have to keep themselves out of thing, but particularly women, because we are pressured by society not to be this way, not to be that, speak when you're spoken to, have manners, be nice, blah, blah, blah. Like, sometimes... When why do we feel like we need to come up with an to, an explanation to excuse our behavior when we know our gut has spoken to us? Like what is that? Where do and we learn that? The whole no, it's a complete sentence thing. Yes, it is so so true. And mm. you don't have to say no. Like you don't have to say it like that. You can say <laughs> no, thank you. And to Oprah's point, where she said if someone keeps pushing and pushing, and you feel the need to constantly tell them why you don't want to do something, that is them controlling you. So that alone is enough to say, hey, listen, buddy, I can make my own decisions, and then you can get more stern. You don't even have to come off if if you want to make sure you're coming off as a friendly person, or especially, I think, the hard part in Gabrielle Union's story was when she was working at the store, you want to still be professional. And I've I've felt uncomfortable working Mm. and had someone come in before, and I find the balance of still being professional but stern, making it known that you're not going to let them walk all over you. I even remember hearing about, this wasn't even in this particular podcast, but I think it's a really great takeaway. If you do feel threatened, look them in the eye, show Mm. some authority because they say, if you're looking down on your phone and you're acting scared, they see that. They can tell you're scared. They can tell you're timid. Obviously, don't go towards them. Don't put yourself in a position, but show them that you see them and that you could be a problem for them. Absolutely. I love that so much because I know personally I used to have a fear of people not thinking I was nice or not think I was approachable or not thinking I was Very this valid. and that. Yeah, you know, because I didn't want, I wanted to, I want to be seen and available for people in a certain way. But at the same time, once I started, you know, experiencing things where it was like, okay, this is what she said something, um, being nice is like a social strategy. I keep, you know, when you that keep hearing good. the same messages over and over, yeah. I keep hearing this that nice is not a characteristic. Right. It's just a quality. And that's so true. It's like, I can be nice in this moment. That doesn't mean that's a part of who I am as a human being. And again, what's the cost versus reward here? If being nice can get you killed and you feel so strongly against right. someone's presence, I'd rather not be nice. Yeah, I'd rather absolutely. Live. I'd rather take the chance of you being like, she's this, she's that. Fine, I'll be that, but get out of my face. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just going to have to be that type of a situation. And then when you think about it, if someone is not respecting you saying no, then they're not the nice ones. So that's very who cares true. what they think at that point. So there, that part. <laughs> that part. Uh, so there was this... Um, 
the woman who, because, you know, I don't have children, although I think my fear level would be on 10 if I had my child in my hand and got attacked. Right. What did you think about the golf pro? Because she said they live basically, the picture of the area she lived in that I got was like almost like farmland, like townland. So meaning like if I'm yelling and screaming, chances are nobody's going to hear me. What did you feel about that story? That freaked me out. I feel like the way she explained the angels were watching her was exactly how I would explain it. She got very lucky, and I think moving forward she would know if she felt uncomfortable immediately, go with it. And, oh, it's just so eerie thinking that, you know, she even said goodbye and thought he was going to leave, and then he comes up behind her running. And I just can't even imagine the feeling I would have in my chest knowing someone is coming up behind me right now, and I'm with my children, and what am I going to do? And thank God she got out of that set, that situation, but not everyone does. And I think that's yeah. why podcasts like this are so important because they're things that you don't want to think about. They're scary and in realizing and coming to the truth of there are bad people in this world is not something fun to talk about, but right. it's reality. And that that is when it becomes our responsibility to live in the world we live in and act accordingly because of it. Exactly. No, I totally agree. Speaking of podcasts being valuable, I was really proud of Oprah for not only creating this podcast platform, but her talk show, because she had quite a few women, including Gabrielle Union, say that they watched the show. It was like the fifth season, 1991, and it runs in syndication, so people may have seen it sooner, but... um, Sanford Strong, never allow them to take you somewhere else. Never allow someone to take you to a second location, because that's where it usually goes down. So there was somebody who was talking about feeling eerie with somebody, and they wanted to know where the bathroom was, and it's like, no, I'm not showing you or taking you to any bathroom. Why? So you can push me in, and nobody can hear me, and the door's going to be locked. And You know what also stood out to me is when these guys are creating these acts of violence already and then they are just so nonchalantly saying hey pass me the gun or or where's the bathroom at that point the only thing I can think of their perspective is that they already know that they have so much power that they can say anything they could say give me a glass of milk like anything so casually Mm. and the woman at that point is their servant they will do anything they say and that alone is so sick to me that it's it's like mocking them and just saying things you know what I mean saying it so lightheartedly that they just know that they control them at that point so the only question I have is what if it's not that easy to avoid the second location what if someone's got a gun to your head I mean, what are your options? I feel like you just kind of have to think of any possible thing, any weapon in your sight. But what do you think about just avoiding that at all costs? Well, it kind of brings me to that story of Denise, who was jogging and somebody had come up behind her and she kept talking about feeling overpowered and she was completely overpowered. And the way she told the story just gave me chills because I'm like, yeah, I think of things in my mind and I think I could get someone off me or I could be loud enough or I could cause enough of commotion. But if a man is bigger than me, he's bigger than me. And she felt overpowered. And the second location, you know, never let them take you to a second location, clicked for her when she was in the second location, which was a porta potty. So thank God it was her instincts that kicked in to do those matrix moves that she did. Like God was watching the angels. She said she was in prayer and was able to get out of that situation. And to be honest, that's what I would hope for myself. I would rely on prayer. I would rely on my instincts to kick in and help me find a way out. It's just kind of, you know, I'm blessed because I've never been in a situation like this. I've never had to fight for my life. Um, I've never been molested or anything out of the ordinary or just 
attacked in any way where I've had to think of this. But I've thought about it, and I've lived in New York City by myself, and I carry my mace, or, you know, I do things. I feel protected, but at the same time, I could only guess what I would do. And I just would hope my instincts would kick in. That's the thing that we were discussing a little bit before the show. I personally haven't either. Mm -hmm. And it's almost rare at this point to meet someone that has not had... I've obviously had people that creeped me out and I had to say no to, but thankfully they've listened. And admittedly, I put myself in situations that weren't the smartest situations to be. And looking back, getting in the car with strangers... I mean, ultimately, getting in the car with an Uber driver can be scary. So it's all of these tactics of check the cars you're getting into, make sure they are the right license plate. I just heard a story the other day of this guy overheard a girl getting into the wrong Uber, and she was just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fine, and, like, really didn't check. And the guy realized, I think, I mean, I don't, he didn't see what happened later, but he he felt like the girl was just getting in the car so easily was his kind of takeaway of that. And Mm. it is true, we have to be more aware, but... I mean, I can think of situations where I've been careless, so I think it's... Yeah. Yeah, it, it, like, you just, you have to be aware of those things, and it's also hard if you're, you have to be responsible even when you're out drinking, make sure that <laughs> you, because obviously your guard's going to be down if you're drinking, so at yeah. least, it, and I I go out all the time, I'm not going to say that, I, well, not all the time, but I'm not <laughs> going to say that I'm innocent and I've never gone out and drank too much, but if I'm going to do that, I'm going to be with friends that I trust, that I know I'm going to go home with at the end of the night, that I know wouldn't wouldn't let me leave alone I wouldn't leave them type thing so it's it's also thinking about those little things as well yeah absolutely I remember so this is an attack situation it's an attack on the heart but in a dating situation I remember um I was fresh to New York and you know I had that Cali energy so you know you're attracting different things whenever you're new that's just what happens and there was a guy who was really interested in me and I didn't look or think twice about him which was you know ding number one but I remember he was trying to get me to go out and I just really wasn't that interested he was cool but it was like whatever Uh, to this moment I'll never forget where he was where we were walking what he was wearing when I looked to my left and he had said something and that little voice was like I would never date him I'll never forget that but what did I do date him anyway I was not in the place or position to be dating. I I was going through healing. I, you know, kind of left California because I was feeling depressed. So I really needed to take care of me in that season. So dating him and opening myself up to that, six months later, he literally dumped me. It was the worst relationship. It was great because he was a good person, and I think he tried his best. However, if you would have listened to your gut in the first place, that would have never happened. And I don't know what it is about us that we... I heard that clear, and I still moved forward. It's like I had to see if this was going to be the wrong it's thing. It's this weird mixed message we get growing up where it's don't talk to strangers, but also be very polite to everyone. So it's like, and I do like that you hear stories of parents kind of changing the way they're teaching kids where if you don't yes. feel comfortable hugging someone, because a lot of times you're like, oh, go give so-and-so a hug. Like, but if you don't, if a little kid doesn't feel comfortable hugging someone, I don't think they should be forced to. I wouldn't want to be comfortable <laughs> hugging someone if I didn't want to. I agree. Your body, even if you're a little kid and you haven't developed mentally at that point yet, I still think there's something said about instinct. It's a vibe. And and if you're wrong, like worst case scenario, you're wrong and you misjudge them. If there's someone that's meant to be in your life, you'll see them again and you can kind of fix that awkward first encounter. But yeah. I would rather be, I would rather, you know, like I said, I'd rather be a bitch and protect myself from someone I didn't feel comfortable with. And I, I think yeah. I think a lot of times you are right about it. 
You really are. And even if the person, if the person is good and really has a good heart and is understanding, one, they might take offense and, you know, feel some kind of way later. But then two, if you're uncomfortable, they're going to be more concerned about that. Like, I would rather you not feel uncomfortable than put me being my feelings about you not wanting to hug me or you not wanting me to help you get groceries and all these things. Right. There was another time I remember just when I was thinking of it. Yeah, another time I was in New York, and there was a moment, like, I I had a roommate, and they did something really crazy to someone else. Like, it was like, dang, like, you roll like that? And I, again, I remember that moment where I was sitting on the couch in the living room, what I was looking at, it was like a little china cabinet or whatever, and the voice told me, if he did it to them, that he'll do it to you. If he did it to them, he'll do it to you. What makes you think you're any different? I'll just, that's, so... These t- and believe it or not, like the situation between me and that person got so bad that I had to contact the district attorney to get a restraining order on that person, and they felt so bad for what I was going through. They gave me a two-year restraining wow. order instead of one. So it's just like, how many times do I? How many times do we need to know what that voice sounds and hear like it sounds like before we act? Because yeah, I didn't want to. I talked myself out of it and gave it an explanation. He's always been nice to me. We've always been cool. We work together. He's very helpful. He wouldn't do that to me. And there's also sometimes <laughs> that fear of making someone mad at you where you think, because I've had people that honestly have scared me, where I felt like yeah. if I wasn't nice to them, they could hurt me. But mm. in that situation, it didn't mean I had to be mean, but I, I was friendly enough, but I would never let them close to me either. Like if they're, you know, if they're maybe commenting on a photo or making making me feel uncomfortable, I'd be like, maybe like it or something. And if it got too much, then I would maybe have to block. But I would just keep it as, you know, somewhat friendly. Don't do anything that would like set them off. But I'm not going to be, you know, mean at the same. It's it's hard. It Gosh. really is hard of knowing how to handle things. But I do think. Yeah, it's like even then I I feel timid to make someone upset. And I think it is a little different in person, online type thing. But there is a part of us that just, it, it comes from fear and, and wanting to be liked. But I was proud of myself. I just remembered this situation. Back in Florida, I was out with some friends and it was nighttime. And there was a guy that seemed harmless at first, but he kept following us. Mm. And you could, as he was talking, you could tell he was on drugs of some sort. He wasn't all there. And he was following us and following us. And first we were like, okay, let's turn the corner. He'll go away. And he didn't. And I was really proud of myself because I said, you need to leave. Like, I just got up in his face and I'm like, go. And he was like, okay. And I didn't care if I was coming off mean at that point because I said, stop following us multiple times. You didn't. Now I'm going to raise my voice. And But even in that situation, I was with friends, but maybe I shouldn't have been out on the streets at night either. So it's, (sighs) it is being responsible of the situations you put yourself in, but there's in many of these stories in the podcast, they were in normal places, so it can happen anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that brings me to another thought of the woman who, um, she said she was in an affluent neighborhood. And sometimes we think like, oh, this is Beverly Hills. Nobody's out at night. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to... The very first time I ever... The very first and only time I ever felt physically violated, I would say... I was standing outside of a luxury apartment complex in Woodland Hills under a light. I'm doing everything that I think I'm supposed to be doing right. And some guy came and not just tapped my ass, like he grabbed me. 
And I was mortified. And it did go through my mind. I'm like, I can't fight a guy, but I was so angry. I was so loud. I started Just to going think off. that you can like, like do what that, are you like doing? Oh yeah. my god, I'll never forget. I was going off so loud. It had to be like eleven o'clock at night. Good. Just leaving a girlfriend's house, and I heard some people maybe like. Not already halfway down the block, but almost. And I ran over there. I was like, somebody come get this guy. He grabbed me. He's, it was a Good. mess. No, you did I the right off. thing. Bring attention to it. What oh happened? Oh, my gosh. So, it's, so he also proceeded to, you know, he must have been on something because he pulled his parts out and was oh. moving it. So it was, a, I mean, it was a mess. And I was waiting for my Uber. So I did. I called the cops like, I'm waiting for my Uber, so I'm going to end up going. But I'm going to let you know this guy that looks like this, dressed yep. like this, is out here. And thank God you did, because thankfully in that situation you got away. But just like you said, if he does it to someone else, he'll do it to someone else. So yeah. you could have really protected someone by calling the cops, letting them know someone out there is like that. Is grabbing women at night. Like, it was just a mess. So we also need to remember that it doesn't matter where we are when you feel it because I was completely oblivious I didn't expect it but it was you know come to think of it that I didn't know what to do I didn't have a strategy in place and I didn't have my mace that's why I went and got my mace because I was like if this happens again I'm gonna be ready so what would you do now oh he would have got mace right immediately and I would have waited for the cops to come because of course the cops called me like 30 minutes later like well where are you what happened well if you're not there we can't take a report I'm like at this point you're supposed Sorry, to protect and wait serve. around for yeah. them to come back I mean that's on you like oh, that's frustrating patrol the area do patrol the area do something which you can do but I'm at home at this point so yeah there are things that happen and danger that we can get in regardless if we're on the street at night in the day you know I don't affluent neighborhood it just could be we just have to stay not in fear but on guard just aware and more so could be anywhere could look like anyone and that's almost what's so scary because back to what we've been taught growing up they're all creepy looking but I think Ted Bundy was that like real experience for a lot of people to see this guy's a good looking guy and all the time, there are people that look so great on the surface. Even the movie Taken, where the man in the car is this attractive oh, hey. foreign boy. Yeah. yeah. Any girls and like, oh, how cool. A party, why not? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And you never know what someone's motive can be. So, and the scary thing is, not everyone does get that intuition feeling of yeah. danger. So, I think we owe it to ourselves to listen to that voice. And it's not like you get it every single day. So, I think when, to your point before, Mm -hmm. saying when do you know it's legit, I think just because it doesn't happen all the time, that when it does come up, listen. We Mm -hmm. know, ladies, I know we know. We know. Men, I mean, they have the same thing, but I know that we know. So you know. You know that you You know. You know that you know. You know that you know. (laughs) And I like that you brought up that, um, you know, predators could look like the people next door so we kind of have like a funny little clip um just to bring a little bit of light to a very heavy situation but molesters are the people next door yes so i we found this clip on instagram of this adorable little girl and check out what she has to say about speaking to strangers and men mommy sometimes people think that that if boys tell you to do something you gotta do it for them but you don't gotta listen to but you don't, you don't gotta listen to boys, but I only gotta listen to daddy because he's because he says so. But sometimes I don't like I don't like listening to him either. <laughs> You know what I love about that video? Not really just baddie. because she's absolutely really adorable. <laughs> really, <Bobby. laughs> 
not just because she's absolutely adorable, but because she is so young, I think that speaks to a really valid <laughs> point of, I mean, we come from our experiences, so why, not to sh- throw any shade to my parents or how I was brought up in school or anything, but we have this idea in our head that always be polite and be the sweet girl, but that little girl is just genuinely questioning why do I have to listen to a boy if he tells me to do something? Like, I should listen to my father, who I trust and I know is a safe person. But if yeah. someone's telling me to do something, why should I do that? And, like, she's yeah. that young. And yes. the fact that we are in our 20s and questioning if we should listen to someone, that kind of says something there, doesn't it? Yes, and I thought it was so important to share this. Like, I'm glad because, you know, one woman in the podcast was talking about how she kind of painted the picture to her daughter that predators look like the boogeyman. When really, you know, so there was an instance on this podcast, if you guys didn't check, if you hadn't listened to it, just to recap quickly, where an undercover told the mom what was going on and went over to three little five-year-old girls like, oh my God, I lost my dog. Follow me around here. He was lost here. Say his name, say his name. And the five-year-old little girls went. And when she came back to tell her mom why she went, she was like, because he was nice. He was, you know, he was smart. Like, she didn't feel like she was in danger of any kind, and the mom felt so bad. So we love seeing this little girl who's like, I only listen to my daddy, and sometimes I don't even listen to him. Like, I'm doing my thing. I don't have to listen to boys. (laughs) And the mom in such shock because she said, I even raised, like, even the parents, you think you're doing everything right. Right. But that's the thing. It's also that be nice to people type thing. So if someone comes across as nice, you're just trying to find their dog, please help me. But that's where it goes back to never go to a location with someone else. And if you are asked to go somewhere else with someone, mm. either say no, sorry, you can't find your dog. Like that would, that's especially like a sick twist because most people would want to help find an animal. I know. But it's odd. We can see that it's odd for an older man coming up to a group of little kids. Like we can see the red flag, but little kids don't see, oh, this is weird. Why I would know. an older grown up come to a bunch of little kids? It's just the oddest thing. So, you know, I, again, I don't have children yet, but at the same time, I think of ways that I could instill it in a child because you're not going to be there all the time. You know, what do we tell them? So how do we raise our children and how do we continue to walk as adults in a manner where we are okay with trusting our gut? Our gut is our inner GPS system. It is our I love higher how you said self. that. I was like, yes. the G stands for the GPS. Yeah, absolutely. So what what measures... You know, I always think about what measures that we can take just to answer that voice. So, you guys, we love hearing from you. Um, drop any stories. If you are feeling what we're saying or you've been in a situation where you know you heard your gut and you did the opposite anyway and it went south or whatever happened, let me know. And let us know also how you identify that voice and if you've or gotten hearing better. Yeah. that gut feeling and then following through in a yeah. way that maybe it did work out in the positive way for you. Yeah. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, So we want to jump into something uh, exciting that we have, just a little bit of news and gossip that Haley wants to share. So should we dive right in? Yes. So we had lots of stories that Oprah highlighted from her show, but because most of us know of Gabrielle Union in our community, the most I would say in pop culture, things like that, not to say anyone else wasn't as recognizable, but I feel like her name kind of jumps out for ladies like us anyways. We love her. So one thing I did really respect about her is... Obviously, she's doing so much as a businesswoman. She's filming season 14 of America's Got Talent Talent as a judge. She's got a fashion line at New York & Company. But one thing she really does on her Twitter is she focuses on highlighting positive women. And this whole Woman Crush Wednesday, it's been going on forever. But I feel like it kind of dropped the ball a little bit. almost came more about, like, oh, just 
this is the hot girl, let me post her picture, but I think by now we can all say there's so much more to women than just that, so on the screen we've got a few examples of women that she highlights as as trailblazers and people that demand attention and women that are not afraid to use their voice. And I think this ties into the message perfectly because a lot of times women die because they're afraid to use their voice. They're afraid to come Mm, off wrong. So she highlights women that if I go up to the other one too, where she says you're activists and, and even using the words fearless, Mm -hmm. she, I think that's very important to highlight women and to lift them up and to show the message to younger girls that being fearless and being strong does not make you a bitch. That Absolutely. makes you a strong, confident woman. And I think if we can walk around with that mentality, and it's not a cockiness, it's not an arrogance, it's just knowing who you are. And I think if you can walk around with that mentality already, then it's easier to trust your gut because if you know yourself, then you can you don't have to doubt that voice. Does that make sense? Absolutely. You can just believe it. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. But if you don't listen, you could die. So there's that, you know? It's that serious because Gabrielle, you know, she's doing well now and she was able to overcome. But she was raped in the back of the store, working, didn't do anything she's wrong. She's amazing to me. The, oh, the things she's that everything. she's been yeah. through and how open she is. And I think it is women like that that we really look up to because, I mean, she comes across as so positive. And to, like, she went through a terrifying situation. Hmm. Absolutely terrifying. And at such a young age... And the fact that she can still be honest and speak her truth, she can save people's lives. Really, truly. having, a, And that's why it's so great that um, women have platform. Oprah has paved the way so women can have a platform. Gabrielle Union is doing the same. We have social media platforms now. So we have so many more. We have this podcast mm-hmm. that we have. We have our after show. So there's so many the conversation more, going. Exactly. So many more ways now that we can get the conversation going, share valuable information and stories. Because a lot of the times we learn most by hearing what somebody else went through. And, you know, get to a better space when it comes to this. And back to Gabrielle and her situation, she was working at the store. And I think what I was saying about wanting to be professional is we have this fear. If we don't talk to the customer the way we should, we could lose our job. But at the end of the day, if you leave the store, if your gut feeling, like she said, she told her to run and she didn't listen to that. And if you leave a store because you don't feel safe, if your employer has a problem with that, that's not someone you need to be working for. Period. And we need to be okay the, with the walking The money's away. not worth your life. If, no. you, if you have someone that is going to prioritize you staying in the store when you felt like your life could have been in danger, that's not the job for you. And you need to confidently believe that so you can make that decision if you are in that situation. Just like I said, where I worked at the tanning salon, it was dark. I'm counting money. It's all glass windows. I was terrified every night. And honey, that is not worth it for minimum wage. I Looking back, I'm like, why? And I just, I needed a job. Mm. But now I would never accept a position where I don't feel safe because it's not worth it. Yeah, literally, I mean, minimum wage is not worth that. No, literally, <laughs> no. And I, I really feel bad that you went through that because it must have been terrifying. I, I consider I myself lucky like that, that nothing yeah. did happen. And even taking the trash out, like having people come into the the place to tan, and still, I don't know these people. They're just customers. It's me and them. And maybe as what employers, do I have? Yeah, maybe as employers, we can do better with that, with implementing things that make sense and think ahead for our employees. Like, this is a woman working late at night, counting money and taking trash out the back alone. It's dark. Like, In a dark what are we alley. doing? Yeah, you that's not a safe setting. It's not. Nothing about that sounds safe. So I really think even employers could take precautions Absolutely. and be a little bit more helpful and mindful. 
Um, and I love how, I think you've said this word a few times, but confident, confidently making decisions. Confidence, we could talk about that. Woo, that's a whole nother show I'm sure we'll get <laughs> to in is, this series. Yes. <laughs> but you're right, because we have to be able to walk away. Women, we get so like, I don't want to make somebody mad. I don't want them to think we quit. I don't want to do this. And we don't want all of this stuff, but we need to get used to just this right here ourselves and being able to trust that and move, like you said, confidently forward. To your question of when do you know, is this the right thing to listen to? I think the only thing that would block you from moving forward with your decision is the doubt. So when you have that confidence, that removes the doubt. Right. But I love what they were saying because the feeling is all you need. We start to, um, what is the word? Justify the warning signs. Thank you. I need something else. It can't just be me, but you're absolutely right. The feeling is enough. That's enough. Same thing with dating. When you see, I mean, there was so many times where it was like, this guy is, you know, and it ended up, or this is going to happen, or even friends. There's been, I have a soft spot for people, and I'll never forget befriending somebody where I was just like, oh, but she acts funny. But she's nice. I don't, I know she wouldn't do this. And then she ended up sleeping with my boyfriend. So we have got to. We're going to need a, a beeper because I wanted to say something there. <laughs> yes. But it also, I think a lot of times and what we don't realize is we have this fear of what if I mess up an opportunity? What if I ruin something? That person's supposed to be my friend. But I think if you go back to believing right. that the people are going to be in your life that should be, you can't mess up your destiny. No matter what you do, mm-hmm. your destiny is yours. Your path is yours. So if you turn someone down and you never see them again, they're not supposed to be along your journey. And that's fine. And that exactly. And that's fine. Adios. No, no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So while we're going in, we have a special segment that we'd love for you guys. Like, again, please comment below. Share your stories. Um, but our special segment is called Own Your Soul. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Yes, it does. So this is the good part. This is where we share what we think could be actionable tips to become more confident, stay out of danger, use the fear or the, I don't even want to say fear, the warning signs that our body gives us to make decisions. Yeah. So what are you going to take with you in the week and how do you think you can share with our listeners Jamie girl, to be honest with you, I feel like even throughout this conversation, I've felt myself get more fueled and fired up because I have, looking back, I can say that there have been moments where I silenced that voice because I didn't Mm. want to come off wrong. So moving forward, what I'm going to actively do to feed my soul, to own my soul, to take action is just that. I'm going to take action. If that voice comes up, I'm going to speak on it and I'm going to go in confidently and I'm not going to apologize for it. That's right, girl. Done and done. I got your back. And I love that. So I was thinking the same thing while I was walking over here. I was like, you know what? I've spent a lot of my time being concerned if people thought I was nice. And then I had to think about, well, are you, Jamie, are you trying to control a situation? Are you being manipulative? Are you genuine? You know, I'm going through all these things and finding my truth. So what I think um, is exactly what you said, not only owning my soul and owning how I feel and letting it be what it be, it, you you going to think what you think about me and I'm gonna just it's just going to be that. And I'm fine with it. I will go to sleep like a baby at night if you think I'm a bitch. It's fine. Like, and it still doesn't mean you're walking around like move get out of my way like you're only responding with that type of thing if someone approaches you making you feel uncomfortable so it's not like you have to suddenly change your personality it's just listening to the voice that's all it is and you know what and you saying that that's where the confidence comes from 
Because I know me. I love people. I love life. I don't. Yes, girls. I don't walk (laughs) around like. So in knowing that, I can have the confidence that when I am feeling like that, it's a no for me. And that's the end of the sentence. Period. Period. So you don't I have to explain yourself, ladies or men. If you feel uncomfortable, or men, you don't want to do something. Life is too short to do the things we don't want to do, unless it's like you know you have to go to work. Sometimes, but. <laughs> but then again, if work is not safe, make it known to your bosses. Exactly. And but on management. that point, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's something that we can actually do, and this is something I want to challenge you guys to do: is practice moving when you get those alerts. Be more. Pre- can you be more present this week? Can you be more open to what you're saying to you? I read this book called um, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. If you guys like to read or want to get on Audible, it's great. If you want to drop your email at the bottom, I'll send you the book for free if you don't have Audible yet. Oh, so nice. Yes, but The Untethered Soul was so good because it gave me a real view about, you know that voice that goes on in our head? Oh my God, are they looking at me? Oh my God, what are they doing? Or is this, that nonstop? I call that a Tuesday. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's not actually us. We're the ones listening to that. Because if you notice, one day it'll be, for example, oh my God, I'm so nervous to do this. Da, da, da. My co-host, maybe she's going to be so mean. It's this and that and whatever. I don't want to, maybe I'll just call in sick. Da, 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 da. And then we come and everything's nice and I love her. And now the same voice in my head that was like, oh my God, maybe she's mean. is like, oh my God, maybe I should invite her for brunch. <laughs> oh my God, maybe. So that little voice just... Sh- the That's, answer is yes, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. I know what you mean. We get yeah. so in our own narrative that we believe everything we're saying. Yeah, and that's not even us. That's not the real us that I'm talking about that you can hear. So that's kind of the challenge. It's not the chatter. There's something underneath that that really is you. You are the observer of the chatter. So Ooh, I like that. Oh, it's so true. So if you can silence the chatter, that doesn't serve you anyway because... It's, it's a like frustrating. Why do we let that voice be strong? Because both both voices are there. So yeah. why do we let that voice be stronger than what is going to serve us in a better way? Because I just don't think we're trained. It wasn't until they broke it down like that. Like basically, those voices in your head are like two roommates. And I would, if I had a roommate in my ear all the time, oh my god, don't date him anymore because he does. If I had that going on, I'd be like, girl, shh. So yeah, I do that to myself. Uh, yeah, sometimes I, I have to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, but that's so normal, and I'm glad you can say that because if we're saying that, someone else is saying that. But this yeah. is why we're all here to work on this together. Absolutely. Because that's where change is made when we, you're not shy about it. You just, <laughs> it is what it is. I agree. We're all working on ourselves over here. We're all working on ourselves. So, with that being said, we hope you come back next Monday at 6 p.m. to. Do some more work on yourself with us, the soul work, the stuff that's important. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We loved having you and speaking with you. We can't wait to read your comments and get involved in these stories. So thanks for sitting down with us. I'm your host, Jamie Alexander, and you can find me on Instagram at Jamie Alexander. Yeah, guys, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at HeyJHAYJ underscore. We'll see you next Monday. Bye. On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood Redefined.